I am so happy to be here. This is Julesa. So you know I'm so happy to be here because I have the first episode out of the way. I feel like that was so bad, but I had already recorded two 15-minute segments that were better than the one I published, but I'm a perfectionist, so I kept thinking, I'll do it next week, I'll do it next week, I'll make a better one tomorrow, and I wouldn't even listen to it. I'd just be like, oh, I talk too slow, or oh, I whatever. I'll, I'd come up with all these reasons why it wasn't good enough, and I don't know if you can relate, but I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with and that's being too perfectionistic thinking that you could do better the next time and you probably could but then you never get the first one done you want to get your product on the shelf that that always really helps me when it's like no one's gonna benefit not even me as a person because I'm really here I think I'm here to have someone to talk to single parents we don't get out much, at least I don't. I'm kind of half introvert, half extrovert. So if I'm alone for a couple days, then I'm ready to go out for a couple hours with a girlfriend. But it's not my instinctual nature to just have a ton of people, call people on the phone, text people, it exhausts me. So I really have to conserve my energy. And most of my energy is out there with my kids. Like I wanna engage them, I want them to feel like they have someone to talk to. I would say i not a recovering codependent. I'd say I'm an aware codependent because I want to make sure that I can go. I want to be totally available. So I don't know. I think I'm just trying to anticipate and project onto them what I wish I would have had. So they're probably like, why is my mom always here? Why doesn't she get a life? Why does she come into my room and say, hey, how you feeling? Because I wish someone did that to me. So the fact of it is I spend all my energy being this great mom that they probably are annoyed by, but I'll walk downstairs and sit on the bed and be like, hey, hey, Bix, that's my son's name. Hey, what's going on today? How'd that thing go? And I'll just talk to him and I'll do that with each one throughout the day. I'll try to get them to go do things with me. And they're older teens now. One's leaving for NYU in a few months. So they don't want to hang out with me, but I feel like I want to be there. So I spend my energy on my kids and then I don't want to talk to anyone else and I'm a recluse the rest of the time. So me deleting 15 minute recordings that were really good. They, I feel like I expressed myself. I did a good job, way better than the one that was just published. I'm embarrassed. I don't even, if you listen to the second one after that first one, I'd be like, thank you so much. You don't, I mean, I would be like, I don't even want to know that woman. She talks slow. She sounds like weird, but this is more like me. It's conversational. I just had to get that out of the way. It was weird. Just that first, it was kind of like an awkward first meeting. So I'm really glad you're here and I'm glad to be here. So I don't even remember what this episode is about. I wanted to talk about something, but I got off track. It said after three minutes, it was like, name this segment. And I was like, thank God it's segment number two. But I wanted to talk about something, but then I got off track. I have really, I believe to be really bad ADD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And I didn't know it till I was older. Um, If you're a parent... I think that's when you usually find out you have it. It's a real thing. I know everybody these days, it's kind of cool to be like, it doesn't exist. It's a fake disorder. People are trying to drug your kids. That might be. But the fact of it is, I don't have any other mental disorders and I don't take any other medication. I don't take any medication at all. I did and I'm going to tell you what it was. But the fact of it is, um, my daughter had 
like some patterns and behaviors for years that were so unnerving because her, her IQ is super high, but she wasn't doing well in school. So bottom line is, I'm not going to talk about it now because this is really not about ADHD, but it's going to end up being about that, which is good because I can't remember why I started talking in the first place. But um, so I took her to the psychiatrist and she was in like third grade and he's like, have her take this test or take this test for her. And then he said, I guess we talked for a while and he said, why don't you take the test? So I took the test. He said, you have, and he asked me questions and he said, you have severe ADHD. And I was like, oh my gosh, now I know what was wrong with me. But I think I had low self-esteem too. So I always thought there was something wrong with me and I'm different. Can you tell? Anyway, I'm in, I'm very internal. I have a quick mind. Uh, and so it, he was like, you have it really bad. I might have to give you medication if you want it. And I was like, no, I can't take medication. My husband will divorce me. Like if I did one thing wrong or if I wasn't perfect, I can't say anything. I can't go too far negative on my ex because I have kids and I respect them and I love them. So I have to respect and love him for as the parent of them, you know, cause he, he helped me make them. So the fact of it is that the, the psychiatrist was like, since when were you married to such a big jerk? And I was like, what? So it's like, that was a warning sign right there. But um, I'm like, I can't be medicated because I ha- I can't. My husband would divorce me and he's let me know. So um, I was just like, there was clutter. It was like, there's no mental disorder for messiness. And I'm super neat, like cleanliness wise, like everything's sanitized. I vacuum every day, constantly dusting. Like all I do is clean. The kids think that's all I do. But I will like, I won't see clutter sometimes not hoarding. So the fact of it is it's ADHD. And that is why I'm talking about something that completely I would have never thought I'd talk about, but I'm just glad it's not episode one. So I'd like to go, hold on one second. Oh, actually, I just remembered why I wanted to talk to you so much, but now it's too late because I'm talking about something else, but I'm afraid if I keep talking about this, I'll forget, I'll forget why, what I remembered. The the fact of it is, I'm just going to enjoy that we're talking now and that it's not episode one. And I'm glad I'm going to keep episode one because just now I was thinking, I know I'm going to delete that damn episode one and all the ridiculousness that it is because people can compare how bad that was. And then this one's going to sound really good because that one was so lame. I'm just so embarrassed I created that. But I mean, at least there's some background in it. I really just wanted to introduce and it's like, how do you say hi to someone and say, this is me in 12 minutes and in little segments that I have to break up and like write a definition of every three minutes because I can't keep a cohesive train of thought because it stops and I have to write the the headline. So, I mean, it's not easy, especially since I have ADHD, but I'm not going to blame it on that. I think with ADHD comes some really cool things, and that is I can talk about a lot of things at one time, but keep track of them. It's like a file cabinet in my head. I don't know if you relate to this or you have anyone else like this, but I have this big file cabinet that's always open. It's pretty diffuse, and I can go from topic to topic. So if someone else is talking really fast and they're all over the place, I'm totally fine with it. I'm tracking you. Like, don't slow down keep going it's like speed up in fact like I can track 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 so um 
that's the ADHD that's positive. So I was taking medicine for it, but I feel like it's not good for my brain because I'm really into health and brain wellness. And I've studied the brain and I've studied the physiological aspects of the brain. And then I studied neuroscience and all sorts of things. And I just don't want to give my brain any setbacks that it doesn't need because I get, I need all the help I can get. So I don't want to make, create brain fog. I like clarity. Um, as much as possible. So I don't really, I don't want to take any medicine ever. And I used to take a lot of it when I was married. I think I went through every antidepressant that existed. And that was interesting. Um, and then once I wasn't married anymore, I never needed it again. I never even needed therapy. So that's interesting, but I don't blame it on him. I blame it on me. I blame it on not living my truth and being confident enough to acknowledge what my truth was and then live it. I mean, that's hard stuff. People think like, why is it so hard to be yourself? To anyone, it's hard to be yourself. It's hard to be a person. It's not easy. There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of stuff. So I'm really happy being me now. And it's pretty quirky. I mean, that's the real challenge with finding out who you really are and being true to it know yourself and it sounds so easy and it sounds like a no-brainer but there's so much depth to that and I think if as a mom if you're a parent I don't know what your goals are or if each parent individually has different goals for their their role as a parent in life and their kids like these are my goals and what I hope to achieve with my child but for me I did I went in and I thought okay when I have these babies my goal is to have my kids have healthy attachment because I was really into psychology and I knew that attachment theory is key in life. Attachment theory is when in the first few years if this child views the world as safe unconsciously or unsafe and what that does and what it turns on or enables with either one is either really good or it can be really bad and it can take a lifetime I'm gonna use myself as an example here for the really bad one. It can take a lifetime to reprogram and change the neuroplastic you know, patterns of one's mind and show you that life can be safe when really life kinda of isn't safe, but like if you have that template for it being safe, one will see the world completely different, seek out different people that are safe, seek out situations that are positive and loving and healthy. It is so twisted just from attachment theory, how great or how strange life can get. And a lot of it's not our fault. It's not our fault at all. In fact, like when we're just born, we're tabula rasa. We just are born little things. We have no knowledge we have no nothing about the world and the two people who happen to be either really together or really not together emotionally mentally etc are going to determine whether our attachment theory programming is on or not good and so for mine they were what 19 years old complete were both raised by alcoholics so i mean i think my mom i hate diagnosing people but my psychologist best friend did so I think my mom was borderline personality and like that's scary so I grew up thinking the world is unsafe and it, it got pretty weird so and then I got physical abuse and sexual abuse and mental abuse oh my gosh poor me how did I turn out the way I did it's because we can grow up and not be like the people who raised us or exactly like them but in my case 
I'm totally opposite. So my goal was for my kids to have great attachment and you can see why because I want them to avoid the pitfalls that I that I um, didn't avoid. I want them to be so happy and that's what we all want really is happy kids. So number one was healthy attachment. Oh and believe me I had studied it, I had read about it not just in animal studies in college. I mean, I loved psychology so much and especially certain types. I would take a university course, a difficult one, two and three times with different professors because I loved it so much. So like part of me is this, you know, quirky, fast talking. It sounds manic, but it's not. I just have a really active mind and it's an active brain and it's a curious mind and brain and I'm excited. But I also have this like very intellectual nerdy, like all I want to do is write research papers and work in a group and get everyone's research and then collate it all and make this a 100% paper and present it to my professor. And I told I told my daughter the other day, I was like, Jade, because our kids don't see us as people. I don't even know what my kids see. I'm, I, I want to talk about that another time. But I was like, she's like, she rolled her eyes and she was like bracing herself. I could tell she did not want to talk about it. She didn't want me to sit down and have like this talk. I have talks with them and I could tell she was like, okay, I got to get through this talk. Mom's going to give me. And I was like, Jade, I just want to tell you. And she was like, mom. Um, and I'm like, Jade, just let me hear, let me say this. So I was like, if I could like now, and I I had like the means and, you know, probably a partner and I had this like this life that I could just kind of like walk away from and do something else, I would go get my PhD in social psychology. I would do research and I would be a professor. I would be, I think I'd be so happy. I just like, that's me. I just want to hang out with really stimulating, interesting, smart people that don't care about their clothes or their shoes or their cars. This is part of me because part of me, you know, enjoys dressing up and being around my friends who are on TV shows and stuff. But really like the inside of me, I'm a full blown nerd and I love studies. I love research. All I Google is studies and research. I mean, that's my pleasure. I don't read um, fiction books, only studies. So I was like, so I just wanted my kids to um, have healthy attachment I totally was just worried that I was off on a tangent and this whole segment is a tangent. So anyway, um, I have that side to me and my kids know that I would love to be a professor. So I loved psychology and I studied attachment and I was well aware about how to get healthy attached kids and a lot of it's just loving your kid and being there and being present. But a lot of it, um, I just love in-depth analysis about things and, and that's good and that's why I think this podcast will be terrific because people don't just want like a, a general statement. They want some studies. They want some like relevance. They want details or not, but I'm going to share them. And I'm going to have some really cool guests too. So I'm going to sign off. Have a great day.